Dave here. Wanted to say just a couple things before getting into this next episode. Back when the 2018 Busker Hall of Fame nominees were announced, there was a bit of pushback about the fact that all five nominees were old white dudes. The general consensus was that this didn't necessarily provide an accurate picture of the diversity of the busking community, and I 100% agree. Here's the thing. I wasn't the one who picked those names. Contributors to the project were all given the opportunity to nominate three people they thought were worthy of recognition, and the five names most suggested just happened to be old white dudes. If you want to have a say in the selection process, feel free to contribute. The following episode is a great example of community-driven content. Nick Nicholas and Nigel Martin have both been in earlier episodes of the podcast, so why hear from them again? Well, because Nick went out of his way to interview Nigel. He took it upon himself to contribute to the project. If you want this to be something different than it is, don't tell us how to do the job. Help us do the job. Moving forward, and as I make my exit from the project as of episode 100, contributions from the community who believe in what we're attempting to do here are going to become even more important. All right, let's get to it. So my mum came and saw, with her friends, my street show. And I was like, everyone knew I was doing street shows as a profession. Well, my mum's friends knew I was doing street shows as a profession. So we go out there. This is another Fremantle story. Oh, it's in Frio, so, yeah? Yeah, because my family's from Perth. Oh, right. So we're at the Frio Festival, which is massive. It's the best festival in Australia. Yeah. It's, it's Isn't it? Massive. I mean, it is the best street performing yeah, festival in Australia. I, lo- I love it. Great crowds, you know, organised brilliantly. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. You know, and I, I'm doing a massive show, and my mum's there, everyone's there. I'm, like, really happy. And then her friends come up afterwards. Oh, very good show, very good show. Now, See them dig into their pockets and they bring out a few coins and drop a few coins in and stuff. And you're just like, what? You know, and I know that's expectation thing, isn't it? Yeah. But then you think that your family's friends, like I always thought the reason for Mr. Spin was as well, one of the friends was like, if my friends, when I first had street performing, the ones that gave me the most money, right? So I thought, if I could make everyone my friend in my show, then my hats would be brilliant. Perfect. You know what I mean? So I just went, yeah. So I was like, we love you, Mr. Spin. Oh, yeah, thank you. I love you too. We're all friends. We're all happy. Everyone pays really well. Welcome to Stories from the Pitch, a podcast dedicated to creating a living oral history about street performing and some of the crazy characters who populate this world. I'm David Aiken, the checkerboard guy, your host for this growing collection of interviews. The crazy thing about being a street performer is that there's really no substitute for the lessons you learn from simply going out and doing shows. But how do you get good at the skills that you bring to the street? That requires a certain amount of discipline and dedication to your craft. Now, long before I met Nigel Martin, a.k.a. Mr. Spin, I'd heard stories of this incredible technical juggler doing street shows with this really unique character who came from Adelaide, South Australia. But it wasn't until this interview that I fully understood how and why he became so good. He'd been taught that technique demands tenacity and dedication. When you apply this mentality to juggling, and for that matter doing street shows, you get good, and you get good quickly. As it's mentioned at one point during the interview, it's a numbers game. Nick Nicholas borrowed a recorder from Mike Wood during the North Battleford Busking Festival to ostensibly interview Mr. Spin about his journey, though what you really hear in this conversation is two friends talking shop, swapping stories, and sharing memories from two lives filled with some pretty incredible stories from the pitch. 
So, here I am with uh, Mr. Spin at the Battleford Buskers Festival. Woohoo! It's going off, and we're drinking a um, bottle of um, Yellowtail Shiraz. Cheers, yeah, Mr. Spin. Cheers, cheers. Cheers, mate. Here we cheers, are, Battleford. Cheers. Yeah. You've been great with my son, Ronnie, by the way, so thank you. It's no, that's no worries. It's a nice kid to hang out with. Yeah, yeah. He loves he's the magic, a, doesn't he? He does love the he's magic. He's going to become magic boy. He is going to be magic boy. He magic is. You boy. know why? Because he's going, don't want to be like Dad. No. Because Jai's a good juggler, isn't he? Your he's first son. He's a good son. juggler, yeah. But he wants to be a muso now, doesn't he? Right. But Jai was in your show when he was five, wasn't he? He was in my show doing hand-to-hand. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Because that's when we met. Yeah, that's, that's who we right. met was like, in yeah, um, Frio. But I'd heard of you for years. Yeah, and I'd heard of you for years. But it took us a while to meet up. And that's what happens with street performers, isn't it? Yeah. You think it's a small world, but then all of a sudden you realise you haven't met someone. And there's still people out there I haven't met. I'm sure of it. I know. Me too. Yeah. It's weird. Isn't and it? it's, then you do these festivals and you hang out and then... Yeah. Like Jai knows my daughter, right? I That's mean, right. Yeah. Jai's babysat Ruby. That's right. Yeah. And Ruby's hung out with Oni. Yeah. Oni. Yeah. Oni. Yeah. So, yeah, we yeah. went to uh, pancakes with those guys, and I really stuffed up with that. But that's another story. Yeah, I was always like, "Oh, Mister Spin, the great juggler." And then I saw you juggling, mm. and I went, "What's all the fuss about?" Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought when I saw myself juggling. Well, did, <laughs> I, I think on that part of the podcast you did, you didn't tell everybody like. I know a bit about your history now because we become friends, right? Yeah. So, I mean, for the people out there who don't quite know your standard of juggling, like how many balls were you juggling at your peak, say? At my peak, I did 10. And you were holding 10? 10, ten. Ball juggle, yeah. And you were, well, no, only two rounds. So you were holding seven. 10. But you were holding seven. I could do seven as long as I wanted at that stage. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. And every single show, I juggled eight. Yeah. Wow. So every single show up until about a year ago, I was juggling eight. And how did you become, like, I mean, most jugglers will go, when I started learning to juggle, it was five balls. Yeah. And it was like, I learned that and that was it. But, yeah. like, you didn't see any jugglers when you, what no, was your no. story? Well, I was a ballet dancer from the age of seven. So That's a ballet dancer, not a ballerina, right? No, yeah, ballet dancer. Right. Yeah, dancer. Yeah. Ballerinas are girls. Okay. Yeah. So you I never mean, wore a tutu? No, I did. Oh, I did. You were yeah, yeah, a ballet dancer in a tutu. Yeah, you were in a ballerina. No, that, the tutu was for fun, you know. Right. So that was just oh. fun. But ballet dancers just wear tights and jock straps to make their balls and penis look better. Right, okay. Yeah. I enjoyed wearing the jock strap. <laughs> <laughs> then you started getting all these other ballet dancers coming onto you. Yeah, no, no, no. So you're into training? So Seriously, of the ballet. I was into training. So like because of the ballet, at the age of seven, like you had to... You had to be really good, and there was like a million ballet schools out there, you know. And so they just trained you and trained you and trained you and trained you every day. Like I was doing ballet classes every single day for about three hours every night, so that I could get into the Australian Ballet School. This is from the age of seven. You were doing from this? the age of seven. Yeah. Were your parents so, ballerinas? No, they were just school teachers. Right. But they're really into us being in the arts, which was really good. Right. Yes, my brother and sister learnt guitar and stuff like that and my younger brother's a photographer and yeah so I just for some reason I went into dance my sister was doing dance and she came back one day and went well look what I can do and I went ah oh, I can do that and then she said oh you should go to the dance classes and I went I didn't want to go to dance classes and she said oh they teach fencing sword fighting so I was like oh fuck yeah I want to do sword fighting so I went to this ballet class and I said I want to do sword fighting she was like, yeah, you can do sword fighting, but you have to be able to do this first. 
And so I had to train and dance to be able to do sword fighting. And it took me two years before I was allowed to touch a sword. And then I did fencing, actually. At school. Oh, right, so then you got into fencing. I did fencing a lot, but I was a lot better at dancing, and, you know, because I don't know why, actually. I was just better at dancing. And so we trained dancing until I got auditioned with, like, I suppose, 4,000 other kids to get into the Australian Ballet School, and I was one of 20 that got in. You got day. in out of 4,000 people. Yeah, right? yeah, and I got in, which was great. I, I fucking was pretty thrilled. My whole family was, and my ballet school was pretty thrilled. And then I went and trained in Melbourne at the Australian Ballet School for three years. And that was really hard work. Like, basically, they teach you to go, you've got to live dance. You've got to breathe dance. Well, that's like anything, though, isn't it? Like anything, yeah. Like, but I, I mean, mean, since I dance, learn. I mean, you've found that out. I mean, it's anything. Yeah, I you found want to learn that out. I don't know how So you lived and breathed, breathed dance. I lived and breathed dance. So I trained dance morning, noon, and night and did it all. Went for it, you know. We still partied a bit, of course, you know. I lived and breathed dance, so then after I, I actually broke my leg, I got a job in Japan in my final year uh, for Aida, which is a great big opera that was happening in Japan, and I got one of the lead dance roles, which I was pretty thrilled about, but we didn't have mobiles back then or anything, and I had to ring up the company and find out exactly what was happening, so I was replacing this other dancer. And anyway, I had a couple of drinks down at the pub with my mates, and then we actually, there was a phone in the mall in Melbourne, I went down there because we were in a pub around the corner, called up this place uh, in Japan and then suddenly they said, yeah, you got the job and it was great pay and it was just really good and I was totally thrilled and I ran out of the telephone box, kind of sort of jumped up in the air and then landed really bad and my foot was up behind my back next to my ear and I was like, shit. Yeah, that's pretty bad landed even for a dancer, right? It's really bad, yeah, I was doing the splits in a really weird way, you know, so... Suddenly, um, I pulled my leg back in place, but I'd, I'd snapped my femur, and that was pretty much the end of my dance career. And so from there, I got into music and juggling. But when I kind of got into juggling, I was a bit like, what is Why there? did you How get into juggling? Why did juggling become a thing? I don't... Why wasn't I really it like, remember, Some you guy know, just taught me how to juggle. Or something, you know? Well, some guy taught me how to juggle, <coughs> and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. I could probably become really good. And I looked up some jugglers... I got some books in the library, and it had like the great jugglers in the books, and it was like, like Rastelli, Rastelli, Bobby May, Francis Brune. Francis Brune. So you saw pictures of all those people, super jugglers, super jugglers, and they're doing all this amazing stuff. And I'm like, shit, that's pretty full on. And I was like, I want to do that shit. So then I practiced and practiced. I I heard a bit about juggling clubs, but I was mainly just practicing to, so be able you to practice do these tricks in your back garden, in my back garden, in my kitchen. So I used you to lived get, and breathed juggling. Well, when I saw those tricks, I kind of went, shit, this is, and I had a go at them. I went, I'm never going to be able to do them. I'm going to have to do what I did with dance. Start at the beginning. Start at the beginning, live and, and learn to play with swords in three years. Yeah, that's right. So the baseball bats came back three years later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I used to get my mates to throw balls at me so I could catch them on my head right. and stuff like that. So you are self-taught, basically. So, yeah, totally self-taught. I was too embarrassed when I heard about juggling clubs, so I was a bit too embarrassed to go to them. Because I could juggle like five balls solid and flash seven, I think. And I, I think I was able to flash eight when I first went. To, I met Gordon. Gordon, uh, who juggler. Yeah. Right. So then I, that's the first juggling club I went to. Right. Because people were going, you got to go. You got to show them what you can do. Right. And I was devil sticking two, and I was doing like two Diablos when people weren't really doing Diablos back then, you know. And so I remember turning up to the juggling club and going, oh yeah, I could juggle a bit. And they're no, you can really juggle. I mean, I can juggle a bit. And that's the first time I saw other jugglers, and I was a bit like. 
Oh, right. Shit. My God, I was like the only seven-ball juggler there, and I flashed eight balls for them all, and they all sat down and watched me flash eight balls and stuff. And How long did it take you to go from three balls just to seven, like in a couple of years? You were obviously part training uh, Two years. Two years of like every two, day. Yeah, but I went straight edge, so no drugs, no alcohol, no nothing. Right. So, yeah, for a whole year. My second year, I didn't do anything at all. So you just went was, clean, you know, like different from your band skin, yeah. days, because you were playing bass yeah, in a band before that, so you rock and roll, all drugs, all faces, girls, yeah. and you went... Yeah, but I already knew music, you know, in a way, so like juggling was a whole new thing, and I felt like I was coming into it late, you know, so I wanted to try and catch up. Yeah, and also street as well, I felt the same way with that, I just had to like sit down and like figure it out, you know. Who was working on the street? In Adelaide, Scoop was there, wasn't he, with his, Scoop with was his there brother? When he was a little young boy, that was a bit later on, but yeah, he did his twin act. So with his brother yeah. playing keyboard and juggling. Brother was yeah, playing yeah, yeah, yeah. keyboard and juggling, yeah. and that was really funny. That was was funny. Any, I helped them a lot. And was there yeah. any other street performers around there? Yeah, there was the other guy called Patrick, I think I talked oh, to Oh, I think you said before. about that before, yeah, Patrick. Yeah. But this was before a street performer festival or... Uh, yeah, anything like this. Yeah, yeah. This is like back in the early 90s. Before amps, you probably had a boombox or I something. I had no amps, yeah. So we all just talked. You know, everyone talked. They didn't use a mic or anything. No, like we that. just, just I remember that. You know, yeah. we just, there was, mics didn't exist. Mics didn't exist. There wasn't mics or amps or anything. And I really wanted to do routines like I'd do... To music. Know, to music. Yeah. So I bought, I remember Panasonic, it was 40 watts, which I thought was pretty bloody amazing, you know, and I've spent a lot of money on it. It took batteries and every day you spent twice as much money on batteries as you did yeah, the boombox. Right. Right? And then everyone's like, you know, what you know, a bit of like a walk by act mixed up in with a street show, you know. So it took me a little while to but I used to go hide on smaller pitches and just do like, you know, but you had the super tricks, shows. but you had super, super tricks. Super tricks. In the end, like, you know, when my show started getting too big, then it was like you gotta come on the bigger pitch and stuff, so yeah, well, you missed a spin at the beginning. Yeah, no, I think. Oh no, you said I think before you were a triangle, triangle man. man. Yeah, then I went to kind of Nigel, and then I decided. Nigel's his real name, by the way. Yeah, yes. that's right. At one stage of my life, I just decided really early on I didn't want to do any generic lines, and so I went, "How am I not going to do any generic lines?" So I just stopped talking. So I, my whole show was silent for a long time. Oh right, even after Triangle Man. That's what happened to mm. um, Sam Wills. Yeah, yeah, that's Tape right. in the face, what yeah. happened to him? Just, like, strapped he it just on, hit the right he? time and, then, you know, Sam's kicking it, yeah. Yeah, I did the reverse, you know, because Sam used to talk a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he tried to do shows, he was telling me, without talking, the only way he could do it was to gaffer tape across his mouth and tape faces doing what he's doing. It's yeah, funny yeah. how our careers I know, all going switch around. And yeah, and then I just, I used to practice at home a lot and that's how Mr. Spin came out, actually, just practicing at home and then I'd go hey Mr. Spear we love you I'd go thank you thank you thank you and there's one thing I learned in dance the way you practice it is the way you do it on stage what do you want to tell the people that because you were telling me the other day like uh, about you teaching me some tricks and you're saying the way you don't you don't just go I do a few of these practice right now I do a few of these other tricks you must just go no I'm just going to practice this one trick yeah. for an hour so you know yeah I mean? like some people they always ask me how do you get so solid and then they go like, I've been practicing seven balls and I go oh, like, what have you been practicing I've been doing four balls in one hand four balls crossing over to the other hand and I've been doing this thing with three balls to get this going and then I've been chucking five balls up really high and keeping them going and then flashing five balls up and clapping my hands I'm like have you been doing the seven balls yeah but by that time I'm a bit tired and I'm like you've got to do the seven balls 
You're yeah. not going to learn seven balls unless you do the seven balls. Well, it's, it's similar to my thing. Like I love the sleight of hand, right? Yeah. And it's the um, the shift with a pack of cards, the, the um, invisible pass. I, and I tell people, you just sit in front of the TV and sit on the airplane. Just do it again and again and again. Mm. And, and just, just do, do that. that and fine detail. Like, yeah. Yes, that's like seven balls. If you suddenly see one keeps just a centimetre out on the top. Yeah, yeah. You've got to go, right, that's the one I've got to concentrate on. From the right, it always shows a centimetre. Well, you did juggling. I did How juggling. How did you learn juggling? Why did you juggle? Well, I juggled because I was on... Magic you, boy. Yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you do any magic, juggle boy? <laughs> yeah, look, look, look at this. My God, Mr. Spin just vanished a dime. Yeah. Oh, was, I saw it. Yeah, yeah, behind yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know. You knew the back clip. Yeah. But the... Um, yeah, I was in Covent Garden as a magic kid. Hmm. 16, 17. Alex Dandridge was there then. Oh, yeah. He, I know, so he was the well. same age. He's one year older than me, I think. Yeah, right. And he was the first juggler on a unicycle. So he was yeah. 17. I'm 16. And he was really good juggler. Yeah. You know, still is. But, you know, that time, yeah. you know, he was super juggler. Yeah. And now there's some guys coming out of the circus, but there was no circus yeah. schools then. There wasn't, there was there. So, yeah, everyone could juggle around me. And yeah. I went, I want to learn how to juggle. Yeah. Because everyone was doing it in Covent Garden. Yeah. So I remember doing the Apoly. That's a <laughs> chat we should have. The Apoly. The Apoly. The classic. You've oh, done the Apoly? The classic. Uh, yeah, I've done the cheers, 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 cheers to the Apple League. Cheers to the Apple League. Cheers, cheers to everyone with the Apple League. Everyone with the I Apple League. Scoot yeah. the Apple League. Right, so I, I remember the first time I did it, I'd learned three balls and it was like, just. I had it. Yeah. You know, maybe I had three ball cascade with one going over the top sometimes, you know. Yeah. Like I didn't have the shower or anything. Yeah, know? yeah. And, um,. I went out in Covent Garden doing this show as a little punk 16-year-old trying shit out all the time, trying to get the apple and I had to throw the one from my right so high, like I throw it high to the clouds, <laughs> just so I had enough time to eat the bloody apple. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't get, oh my God. Now, <laughs> and you, you forget, right? It's like, you know, when you're learning, you go, yeah. there's not enough time. And yeah, then now yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, just eat the yeah, apple, right? Eat yeah. the apple. But that, the apple is a classic. Not oh, many people a, do the apple eat now, do they? No, it's gotten rarer and rarer. I mean, one stage, everyone did the apple eat. I mean, yeah, I remember watching a really old video of the apple eat. And I can't remember the name of the dude that did it. But, like, I remember being amazed by it. I remember going, my God. The first but, time I saw it, I was like, how can you yeah, juggle how can you eat the apple? And you were already a juggler, right? Yeah, I was already a juggler. Like a, was a pretty, pretty good juggler, right? And you good, went, yeah, like, much better than an five, apple eat yeah. trick, right? And I was like, oh, fuck, he's eating an apple. Then I remember, like, the dude in the apple, and I went, how does he do it? So I started practicing. I remember putting the apple in my mouth, and like, oh, I just put it in my mouth, and then I take it out with the other hand, and I eat it. And I remember that was the easy way, you know, when you kind of just do that. Yeah, and yeah. then there's the way with the balls in the air, and you eat like yeah, you're talking you, about. Yeah, and then you eat, and then you swap hands, and yeah. you eat with both hands, and you keep going So crazy, I just right? I just take the easy way from it, and go, oh, this is really easy. And then I realized, oh, the hard way. It took me ages. And then I was like, oh, like you said, suddenly so, so I was time. into it. I was into it, Spin. And then I remember, because I do the, I do the, I do the strip tease. I did it actually, didn't mm. I? Just in Edmonton. The strip oh, that was funny, thing. yeah. But that came about because I used to wear these white shirts. Yeah. And apple stain on white shirt is really bad, <laughs> right? It's yellow. You can never get it off. I don't care what sort of bim or whatever, you know. Yeah. But anyway, one day I'm in the middle of a show. I remember in Covent Garden. I'm juggling. I'm going, oh, I'm going to get this shirt bloody horrible again, right? Mm. So I just went, oh, I'll just take it off while I'm juggling. <laughs> and I'm in the middle of doing my thing, and I took off my jacket and my shirt. Yeah. Not that hard if you're basic, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. cerebral stuff. And um, well, Two in one hand, haven't you? Three in one hand. I did yeah. three in one oh, hand. Nice. Yeah, and, then, um, and then it's just morphed into 
whatever I did it for years on the street and then I did the fire juggling well we had a nice juggling session together didn't we you were going to change careers onto the boats and yeah yeah I moved onto the ships like to become a juggler that was four years ago um, in Adelaide Mm -hmm. and um, I got this gig as a juggler on a cruise ship yeah and I was like well I can do five balls and I can talk pretty good yeah I can do a few club moves and knives and whatever they're the same thing right yeah and um, yeah, you showed me a few things and yeah. uh, whatever. I listened to half of it. Well, I listened yeah. to all of it, practiced <laughs> half of it, but I'm good with my mouth. Yeah. But it was great because I learned that juggling earlier. I'm no super juggler, yeah. but I pulled off a 45 minute show. It's right. now in my cruise. And that's what they wanted. At and the now time. in my cruise ship show, I'm mixing yeah. magic and the juggling together. Yeah. You know. But at first, they wanted a juggler, didn't they? I was booked as a juggler. And then you snuck yourself pissed. in there. Right. They asked me. And I pissed that's off a right. few jugglers. I yeah. heard my old Slim said to me quietly on the pits in Melbourne. He goes. A lot of guys, you know, Slim's a really good juggler, yeah. right? He goes, um, oh, a lot of guys, Nick, around here, they're like going, how's Nick a bloody juggling show on the crew? <laughs> and I said, what do you think, Slim? And he goes, good on you, mate. Should just said, trained by spin. Mm. <laughs> I would say trained by spin. And you had the unicycle, that you were telling me about mm. your unicycle, the, your, you used to have the zigzag one. Yeah, the with big zigzag. three chains. Yeah, yeah. Three chains, and it was a zigzag unicycle. Yeah, and all the cogs would go out, and the chains had all went on angles and stuff like that. So, and now Why did you do I that? Thought, uh, is that like once again because you just wanted is his personal challenge? I was really into like making. Are you into personal bikes? challenges? Personal challenges, like yeah. with the ballet and then the the juggling and like you you just told me the other day that you, you when you got your tent business going, yeah. they wanted thirty grand the guys to sign off the tent because they're the people the architects, oh, the, uh, the and engineers, yeah. And, and you went oh bugger that and you went you online and, myself, and you did yeah. it yourself. But you're into challenges. Yeah. That's aren't a you? lot of money though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah but you're into <laughs> challenges. Yeah, I don't know if it's into challenges or it's just like, I should be able to do that. So is that a challenge? Yeah. It is. Well, it is. It is a challenge, yeah. personal challenge, because it's only you against yourself. Now, and mm. you do baseball bats. Yeah, I do baseball bats. I was yeah. with Jai, right? Yeah. I was with Jai, who used to go yeah. to Nike Circus School, mm. and Ruby goes Which there on Wednesdays. Which is my son. And yeah. Ruby, my daughter. And afterwards, she was on, and we got caught up with Jai, and we having out, we went out and had a pizza and stuff. And he was telling me, he remembers watching you when he was like six. Yeah. And you're doing the baseball bat with the devil spit spinning around the baseball bat really yeah, fast. Yeah, yeah. And he said, oh, and I just saw my dad's nose just... Explode. Tell us about, <laughs> I mean, you've had a few accidents. That's pretty yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah, I've listened to I mean, you've got real baseball bats, right? Yeah, no, it whips around like... You know, the thing about the baseball bats and devil sticking is the skinny end whips around really fast. So it's like a hammer, it whips. Yeah, it just whips. So it's not the heavy end that you've got to be afraid of. It's that little end with the big metal thing at the end. Yeah, but it's not like a normal, it's not like both ends are the same, right? So yeah, that's no. why, yeah. yeah, it's the skinny end with the knob at the end. So you've you. smashed your, tell us your nose smashed. Yeah, I smashed my nose twice with it, but I was in Fremantle actually on the, love that pitch, you know, in front of the markets there. Oh, Cicero, Cicerellos. No, not Cicerellos. Oh, the, the market, the Sail and Anchor. Yeah, Sail and Anchor. Yeah. I've done some great shows there, I love that one. I've done some great shows there. I had a, I, a guy gave me some issues there as well. I got oh, a, really? Yeah, oh, a street really? problem on the street story on that place. Oh, right? yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, what <laughs> happened to you on that place, man? <laughs> well, that's yeah, that's a place, and I actually had family watching. Obviously, Jai was there. Um, I had friends over from America and stuff, and I was doing the trick. And you lie down, and spin it over your face, and I slipped with the stick, and the skinny end spun around a bit too far out. And it just smacked me on the nose. And at first I was like, oh, that really hurt. Face real bad on your nose. Yeah, yeah that really, really hurt, hurt. But I went, I'm okay. But as I stood up, because I kind of stood up, my nose just pumped. You, know, you get this, 
and they're just squirting out blood. And I was like, oh my God, this is really bad. And so I asked, anyone got a band-aid? You know, and you know, this guy just ended up giving me a band-aid and I put it on, but it was like bleeding through the band-aid. And I, I ended up finishing the show and a few people wanted me to stop. And, and did, did they I pay realized, you though? You no, don't get money for no, blood. You never get money for blood. Yeah, blood doesn't pay. Blood does not pay, pay, mate. No. It's not worth it. You might as well just stop even if the you show. Use, even if you use fake blood, it won't no, pay you. No, you just stop the show and you go, I'm really sorry I've hurt myself. This is really bad. My only problem with blood, and I've had it a couple of times, well, I had once with a machete. When mm. uh, That was in a story I told uh, with Robert Nelson as well. But the, uh, yeah. I had a machete and I bought a cane knife yeah. in America, a big one. Mm. But, and I blunted it apart from the bit near the handle. Yeah. The tiny little <laughs> centimetre near the handle, yeah. which was razor sharp. Yeah, yeah I, You can imagine a juggle. But the other oh, sliced my hand, blood. But the other one, all magicians must have had this. Yeah. We use really sharp scissors, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you yeah. want to cut the rope cleanly. Yeah. It's like fire jugglers. You don't just use kerosene. You add a bit of shell light because yeah. you want a flame to hit. Yeah. Right? So you want to cut the rope cleanly. Yeah. So you, I just happened to you a couple of times. You're doing the rope trick. You're talking your talk, and you're just putting your things in the place yeah. without thinking about it. You <laughs> cut the rope, and you just trim a little bit off your thumb or your first <laughs> yeah. finger. And there's blood, yeah. and it doesn't stop. Yeah, <laughs> you know? that's a magician's problem. Yeah, and yeah. there's a few magicians listening. That's happened to it. Yeah. You know? Have you ever forgotten yeah. anything? I got. You ever forgotten anything in a show? Like gone to do the show and go, "Where's my baseball bat? Or where's oh, yeah. my unicycle?" Oh, or, so many times. Like, cause, I've know, forgotten a lot of things. Yeah. Oh, in Adelaide because I live just down from the pitch. Would you, you like know, some more yellow tail? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Down from the pitch, I remember walking like every bloody time. It was like, oh, I've got my hat. Oh, I forgot my balls once. And I loved, I was juggling red balls in. I went, oh, I'll just get tomatoes. And I juggled tomatoes and ended up with tomato in the face, you know. And I yeah. felt like I was my own, like, heckler then. So what do you think, like, you were telling me the other day, right, that um, your unicycle's really hard to ride because you've got a small wheel, like, um, yeah. checkerboard's got and one like, like that. the zigzag one. And your zig one like, was really yeah. hard to ride. Yeah, so it's like, like, you were like challenging, you were, like, challenging other yeah. unicyclists going, yeah, hop on, mate, hop on, mm. no problem. Yeah, well, I also put, um, like, BMX, uh, sorry, mountain bike cranks on it and stuff, which are a lot longer, with a 16-inch wheel and then my 12-inch wheel ones. So they, your normal unicyclist goes on it, and it takes them about an hour or two to get used to it, so it's good to see them get up on it first and fall off. Right, that's funny. <laughs> Just go, yes, well, you know. Oh, you want to have a go? go. Oh, oh, sorry, no mine's problem, hard. No problem. Yeah, I'm a dick. You've know, you got to, you know, you've got to be yeah. a bit of a dick. You've got to... Sometimes... So, what do you think of the pole axe? I mean, the pole axe come in. Gavin was sort of the first. Yeah. Uh, there was apparently a guy. Don Ferry put a picture up of some guy years ago. But Gavin yeah. was sort of the first. And when I first saw them, and I've never been a unicyclist. The unicycle did beat me. Yeah. I just tried it again because I wanted to learn it for the cruise. Yeah. yeah. And I did a few months. Uh, well, a little bit. Not enough. I didn't do my eight hours a day. Mm. But I went. No, I like the ground. But these guys now they get on the yeah, pole. Yeah, you've got to practice. When you first unicycle. saw a pole axe, when you first saw a pole, were you like? What, haven't, can't, haven't you spent the hours learning the wheel? Yeah. Did you well, have a thing? Well, it is the unicycle without the wheel, isn't it? And you know, it's like Did thing. you have a thing, though, when you saw... I kind of just went, well, you can't move around on it, can you? It's like being on a rollerball, you're stuck in that one position, which is all right, but for a juggler, I like to be able to ride around. Yeah, I was quite amazed at first. I mean, I could just put strings on my unicycle, and that'd be really easy, wouldn't it? It'd be nice just to take the wheel off the unicycle and just put it up there, but then it's probably... Yeah, it's a weird one, the pole, isn't it? It's a great, fantastic... Would it be called... Like, if it's, if, thing, if, if it's it? a unicycle without 
uh, wheel on? Is it a uni? Oh, yeah. Or an un? No, it's an un. An un. It's an un. Un. Yeah, is I that love negative the or you, the uns? I love the uns. The uns and ropes. Like, because it is the ultimate height trick, isn't it? Because it height... Is the ultimate. Height makes cash. Height makes cash. That's yeah. just... Well, I must admit, I will go against that a little bit, because I was riding a 10-foot for a long time, and I had a pretty bad fall on it, and uh, then I went back down to 7-foot, and I was making the same money as I did in my 7-foot, 10-foot. You're still above you're them. Still above them. Things, so like if high. you're seven foot, you can still have it 15 deep. Well, seven foot, you're pedaling at people's chest height. Yeah. Eight foot, you're pedaling just at the kind of head height. Yeah. Ten foot, you're like you're up above everyone's head. So kind of like seven foot, you can see your whole body. The whole crowd can see your whole body. Yeah. So it was really weird going from ten to seven because it made seven feel like nothing. It made it feel really easy. And I still made the same money as so I did. So you found seven foot easier to cycle than ten foot? I don't find them much different to cycle. Right. I find them a lot easier to do your stunts on. To, to idle or do Yeah, them. you just know it's high up. So if you fall off a seven foot, it's a hell of a lot nicer than falling off a ten foot. Yeah. You know what I mean? fall off, yeah. So it's like the danger. And I've seen you spin. The other day we were in Grand Prairie, which is in northern Alberta, five hours north of Edmonton, where it gets dark at 11.30 at night. In this street... It was very, very windy. It was very, very dusty. Yeah. It was seriously windy. I was yeah. my table. I was actually sandbagging down. Oh, windy. Yeah, yeah. And you did your glass on the head stunt. Yeah. That's balancing a glass on the head, folks. Juggling three base, baseball bats baseball on bat. a unicycle with yeah. a uh, was it a two inch wheel? Yeah, uh, tw- a sixteen inch wheel. Two inch. Eight, uh, two, uh, two inch wheel. Two inch wheel. Two inch wheel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, two inch wheel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With an um, eight inch thick chain. Yeah. First of all. That's an amazing stunt. Yeah, I trained and, in the wind, though. And as a street performer, you know, you can do it in any conditions. I saw yeah. you do it the other day in yeah. serious I'm, wind. I do it on grass. Some the bouncy castle got blown over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and you still had a glass of water on your head juggling three baseball yeah, bats. Yeah, but, like, it did slide across my head. But it's like, you know, when you bounce a ball on your head. No, I don't, actually. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so when you bounce a ball on your head, what you, made you, you think manipulate of, it. What made you, you know, think so of going... You move it, and if it moves... Then you move your head to it. Well, your your head's not a flat head. You've actually got a bit of a um, yeah, pin that, head. Yeah, no, but I've got these nice glasses now that actually sit on there quite nicely, you know. So. Well, what made you think of the My glass last the glasses were terrible, so it takes what me made, a while to train up a new glass. But What yeah. made you think of it? I mean, was it in one of your Rastelli uh, books, or did you look, see a guy yeah, do it? Yeah, it or? was basically like that, I remember. And I suppose with ballet, you know, had a whole Actually, day. I remember being with Al, and he was... Oh, he rides yeah. a unicycle, doesn't he? No, he, yeah, without a wheel. Oh, yeah, un. Yeah, he an rides un. an un, yeah. <laughs> but he, he was over at my place. He's a good un, no? He's a good un. He's a good un. Yeah, he's a good un. <laughs> and uh, he was over at my place, so looking for something extra as well. And uh, so we're going through all my circus books. I mean, a few, quite a few people come over, and I've got loads of people. You've got big books, yeah, and, and videos and, and stuff, videos. Yeah. And so we're going through stuff, and he was looking at actually an Enrico Rustatelli one where he was spinning this a mouse stick with the fire thing on it. Like basically every juggler, if you if you haven't done a mouth stick 
there's something fucking spinning on it you're not a juggler you yeah, know it's a pretty I mean? easy trick isn't it yeah yeah it's like you know you've got to be able to do something like that and a lot of them are rigged up you know so, you, right. so it's actually right. you just stick it on a little right. pin I've never done that yeah, yeah but you're not really a juggler man. no no because I haven't done that yeah that's right if I do that then I'll be yeah. classified as a real juggler I remember I got told I'm not a juggler until I juggle five clubs and I was balls devil sticks right. rings and everything but clubs oh you never did any club no, work no so I've never performed clubs really I've just started doing a little bit in my duo show but it was like when I was doing juggling master classes at circus festivals I was what like, teaching or teaching yeah, yeah. yeah I was like shit I better learn five clubs so I learned five clubs purely just because of that but you had three club back crosses down and all oh, that I had it yeah, yeah I could do all the you know so yeah. now I can do five clubs pretty solid and stuff yeah. and I, I ended up juggling six clubs and stuff but it was funny that I would have never have if, if people hadn't gone oh you know juggling until you do five clubs that, you know, and it was always like that. Or oh, you're not juggling until you do five well, that was balls, my, so you're not juggling until well, you do Well, in my day, it was five balls. So yeah, I practiced, yeah. I learned five balls, mm. and I just quit, and I just did other stuff. Mm. But I remember the first person I saw do five clubs came to Covent Garden. He was Frank Olivier. Oh, he's it, great. It was phenomenal. He came yeah. to Covent Garden. He's an American bloke, and he yeah, went, yeah. can I do a show? He's I guess in the queue. Oh, he has. Oh, guy was hilarious. And he's banging up five clubs. I'm yeah. like, I've never <laughs> seen anything like him in my life. I'm going... <laughs> What? Yeah, yeah. And he's great, funny. Yeah, and he's funny. Uh, he was a great guy. He still is. He's into yeah. magic as well. Yeah, he's he is well into, into magic. magic yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember watching Haggis McLeod's uh, video. And that oh, was yeah. funny. The medium live was pretty amazing for me. Oh, I bet that normal, was like, He's just one of us. But, but <laughs> Haggis had heard of you probably in the yeah, juggling yeah, world. Yeah. And it was like when yeah. we met or whatever but as jugglers going yeah. oh, you're the guy you're the guy well then yeah I remember going to Glastonbury and he came and met me personally it was really nice and rolled me a nice one yeah. we all turned up there and it was really lovely seeing him he's a lovely guy I, I really respect that man he's great so yeah. then when you start the streets have you got any um, I like this sort of like the zero to hero story have you been anywhere in the world Australia when you've suddenly gone you've got your bag of tricks and you've got no cash and you go yeah. fuck I've got to get some cash I've got to deal with it and then a day later or two days later you're like oh my god how did that happen yeah I'm totally fine now now well I remember actually I was with Fat Matt and um, a few other street performers I can't remember most of their names it was Dr. Drop Fat Matt and now how long ago was this uh, this must be probably mid 90s late right. 90s this is just before Lunar Circus yeah this before Lunar Circus yeah, yeah. so and um they were doing Bustleton Street Fair, Street Festival, and it right. was actually a great festival. In where? Um, in Bustleton. Where's Bustleton? Bustleton's in WA. Right. Yeah, sorry, WA. Right. And anyway, but we'd, we'd finished that, we'd all gone, and somehow we ended up down at this beach, and there was a little cafe there, but none of us had any money, weirdly enough. It was like, fuck. And there was a few people there, and I went, I've got some of my tricks here, you know, maybe I'll just do a show, and maybe we'll get seven. And they're like, no, you can't do a show here. You can't do it. And I went, yeah, I can do a show here. Now you're about spinning, you can't do a show. I'm like, I'm going to do a show. I'm going to do a fucking show. So I went down to the beach and stood there and did the show and got a little crowd around me and did a little show, you know, with just my juggling balls and my devil sticks, you know, and uh, got quite a bit of money in the hat. I was like, geez. And they all went back, got their money, put it in the hat. I came back and bought everyone lunch. Great. <laughs> it's great. No money. Now, that's the great thing about street performing, isn't it? I mean, yeah. yeah, I love the zero to hero. I remember once going from, uh, I was in Key West, I had to drive to Miami to meet a girl, my first love, I'm not going to say who it is, she knows if she's mm. listening, I picked her up in this $400 Chevy that I bought, mm. Chevy Impala, picked her up in Miami, had hardly any cash, drove to Houston, Texas, 
where I knew there was this little festival, some sort yeah. of. It wasn't a busking festival, it was just a yeah. Houston festival. I don't yeah. know what it was, something like that. I arrived in Houston with enough money for some apples for the apple yeah. and some kerosene for yeah. the flames. Nice. And I busted out. First day, I think I, I just went to work. I saw a corner and I went to work. Yeah. It was before amps and all yeah, this, of yeah. course. And I banged out like seven shows or something. Yeah. And she had gone off, and a mutual friend of ours, Les Bub, do you know Les Bub? Yeah, I know yeah, Les yeah. Bub. He was flown in yeah. to do the big stage. Yeah. And she came back and said, Les is here. Oh, great, Les is here. She's gone, where are we going to stay? I went, well, where's Les name? He was at the Hilton or the whatever, yeah. you know. And I'm like, well, there's a bag of money. Yeah. He's done like yeah. seven shows or something. And I was like, there you go, take yeah. it. So she goes and pays in crusty dollar bills for this <laughs> hotel. And then the next day I did like seven shows or whatever. Yeah. And we made it. I remember that night, the first night, it poured all the money on the bed and yeah. it was. Yeah. Anyway, well, that's as far as we talk, right? Yeah. It was a rock star time. Yeah. But then I drove back to Key West. We had a holiday, went yeah. to Disney World, stayed in hotels. No, and it was just zero to hero. The hero. It was a zero to hero, and it was That's wonderful. A good hero to and I got hero. back to Key West with like hero about zero, a, zero to hero. <laughs> I got but about a hundred bucks more than I left with, or something after doing that. That's brilliant. But that's the great thing with street performing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. You know, one of my first experiences street performing <coughs> was uh, with my it was my older brother, and um, I've been doing some shows, not in much success. And he's a musician, I, is he? Uh, no, this is he's a professor right. at uh, Sydney University, but um. Uh, this is when we really when I first started. So I'd just finished doing Triangle Man, which I talked about before. Yeah. And I went, oh, I'm going to start doing a Get show. Get a bit more square. Yeah. So I went, I'm going to talk. Triangle Man show. was too isosceles, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I was, was going to talk in the show and everything. I didn't want to do in Adelaide, so I went to Perth. And I, you know, my brother goes, I've seen this guy juggle three balls and he makes a fortune, right? And I was like, really? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, you got to come over here. So I went over to Perth to my brother and I went to Perth Mall, you know, underneath that bridge there. Oh, that, that little bridge where you get that strip of, yeah. that little tiny strip of uh, shade. That's yeah, yeah. right. It's, uh, I remember uh, meeting I uh, love that Alex moment. Marshall there, actually. Oh, Alex Marshall yeah. before he worked for the council. Yeah, he actually helped me a lot, actually. Right. He was a really lovely nice guy. guy. Lovely guy. I remember turning up to, oh, that's a whole other story, though. But Anyway, so I, I remember being there, my brother was like, you're going well, to do a show here? And I went, yeah, I saw some guy do a show here earlier on. And everyone's doing the shows in the right times, you know, from 11 till 2. And we turn up around about 3. Because you, you don't know. know the right time. No, you don't know Because it's before internet, before yeah. anything, right? You just go, all right, it takes you a week know, to yeah, work out the peak times, right? Yeah. But I stood there and I went, oh, I did a show and I did my first show and came back. And it was like 25 bucks. I was like, what? Far out. My brother was like, whoa. I said, I should do another one. He goes, yeah, do another one. So I did another one. It was like 30 bucks. I was like, oh, whoa. Is just do another one. I'm like, yeah, I'll do another one. I'm doing like these 20 minute shows yeah, yeah. going now and it's coming backwards and forwards. And at the end of the day, I made like 200 bucks. I don't know how many shows I did, but I remember having the 200 bucks. My brother and I were like, we're rich. Holy shit. You know, back then the doll was like, you know, 90 bucks a week or yeah. something. I don't know. But we were like, Whoa! And we went to the pub, got drunk, had a party, and goes, okay, don't get Go down some stairs, broke your yeah, leg, yeah. and went, right now I'm going to have to become a... <laughs> but we did that all week, you know, going there yeah. at three o'clock, didn't meet any other street performers, and I went, I wonder why they all go so early, it's really good at this time. <laughs> and then we found out that it was even better earlier on, yeah. that you had to do the line-up, which is a whole but, other story. But know? street performance is a numbers game. Oh, isn't it? It's isn't like it? well, we just did Edmonton. Yeah, you know, we just did the Edmonton Street Performance Festival, which yeah. has been going thirty-two years now, which is 
the king of them all. Yeah, really. Well, everyone's got goods and bads in different ways. That's but right. as a, as a cash crop, as a audience, audiences are great. And there was one day it rained. Ten days. Poor, poor it rained. One of the rain days, all the other performers were gone. I banged yeah, out three little shows, three, Ooh, three in a row, basically. Like but they all added up. It's yeah. a numbers game. I and did what that I say, show in the pissing rain. Yeah, yeah. I, I did that today. Yeah, did I did that, that today, today in the North Battlefield. The That's pissing right. rain. I got the, yeah, that rain. one. And it's like when you did your ballet, you're juggling, or I do my magic. The more you do, the better you get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And That's right. there's a lot of street performers on cruise ships now, and I've seen a lot of action yeah. ships, and there's guys have been on it 20 years who I played on the street 20 years ago yeah. but you can see they have an edge yeah, over yeah, yeah. other acts that's right because we've dealt with situations and when did you do your first show when you were 1990 or uh, 992 is that with Buzz because you had a group called Buzz didn't you? oh no yeah Buzz no Buzz came out round about 93 94 that was like a musical juggling group yeah we did uh, music juggling breakdancing comedy and singing wow that would have been a massive show it was a great show were you doing yeah. that on the streets yeah we were doing that on the streets it was pretty full on it was uh, and we did masks and we did everything and you know we studied advertising to get the money lines down because you know trying to get three four boys people, right. yeah. four, three was well it. there was four in the end because we had a manager as well right know, to make it actually work and what you got your street pitches for you yeah well no because we did the street but then actually we mainly toured europe and asia and australia so we did street and kind of stage stuff but um and television but we we uh yeah, we loved the street. We did some great shows in the street, and uh, it's a big, big show. The thing about having three people is you don't need any volunteers really, because you got them out there already. Well, you and you've got a lot of comedy you can do with three. The worst yeah. thing you've got to split the hat three ways. Yeah, the worst but you thing are making is twice as probably making twice as hats or one person would make. Yeah, I think. Well, at first we weren't, you know, because I was doing Mr. Spin and Mr. Spin was doing as well as Buzz for a while and we couldn't work out why that was, you know, how we can up it. Yeah. You know, and I've noticed a lot of duo shows make the same as solo shows a lot of the and time. And do you find that with the duo show that you yeah, do now? Yeah, the duo it's show about the same. Now, it's about the same. Mr. Spin out does it a bit still, but we haven't put a lot of work into that. Yeah. When I did my duo show with Aiden, we did a full-on breakdancing acrobatical show we were pretty even to both our solo shows, you know, and it wasn't until Buzz got really into it that we went, ah, this is how you Something do it. just clicked. Or... Well, you click and you just, yeah, it's a little things to do, but that's the thing. If you want to do a duo, I mean, all these duo shows are like, oh, I'm doing duo, you know, you should do this, you know, we should get this privilege. It's like, well, actually, no, you, you know, I've done duos and trios and stuff. You get, there's no privileges. No, you're you just, chose to do it. You know, you know. That's, and I find that funny in the busking festivals now when, especially the, not duo shows, yeah. five people shows or six people yeah, shows, yeah, yeah, those when ones, they do yeah. the um, late night show, yeah. which we split the hats. Yeah. I mean, I heard recently in a festival that um, I'm not, I choose not to mention, yeah. but there was a seven piece break dancing group Wow, in the big. in the group shows, yeah. and they were in the show every night for the three nights. The yeah. same, they had the same cast in the yeah. show every night for the three nights, and there's seven people. They wanted a seven way split. Yeah, it's right. like, well, hang on, mate. You know, you done eight minutes. So did Mr. Spin do eight minutes, for example, and yeah. you do eight minutes. It's like, no, yeah. You know, why don't I seven get seven times? Why don't I get? You know, it's like, well, so that's sometimes when you're in the group it? shows, when you're in the groupies. 
shows, yeah. it's like, well, okay, if it's a double act, yeah, okay, I can wear that. Yeah. But when there's seven or uh, s three, fours... When we were doing the trio, we never got any privileges. <laughs> <laughs> but there was, you know, no, in those days, there wasn't these big street performing festivals. No, there wasn't, yeah. I we're mean, mainly these, just working We're just doing like what we. we're doing, right? Yeah. And there's a lot of acts that have, um, like, you, the horse... Horse, ladies and gentlemen. Apparently, the gag with the horses, the horse gag, the balls from the bum, oh, with the horse head on, with the horse head on, yeah. the balls from the bum with the horse head on, impression mm. of a horse, Mister mm. Spin, right? Yeah, I think so. And didn't you say to me today you've stopped doing it because there's another kid who's put a horse head on and doing it? Yeah, yeah. The horse head's really popular now. Yeah, it's very popular now. You know, I, that's the other thing. Like when we start talking about stuff being taken or stuff like that I totally believe also in the the theory that two things can be thought at the same time yeah you know one thing and I'm, yeah. I'm totally fine with that and that's totally cool but then there's some obvious ones you know and stuff but yeah, but also I'm on the belief no, of I'm, you've I'm, got to you've got to when you start you do um, copy yeah 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 when you start but then you've got you've to bend your own you've got to bend your own you've, you've got, got to bend as um, I think Dom Ferry said it you know what do you bring into the circle that's right yeah. you know and the other and thing is your tricks are good like your tricks, tricks are mark your mark they not you can't copy your tricks tomorrow no. so my tricks you've got to do your time that's to learn right. the tricks well that's what I learned with all this stuff you know and I wanted to try and be as original as I possibly can so I try to do all my lines now to my tricks and to my character yeah. So they're harder to take. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you can't take them because you have to go, we love you, Mr. Spin. Or, you know, yeah. you have to do that trick to get those jokes out of that trick, you know. And there's a few tricks there that weren't like that. Like, for instance, the horse head, you know. So each part of that trick may have been generic, but they're putting together of a Put in the pieces. Something. When you see different I manipulate pieces, it yeah, yeah, I do the same. When you see yeah. pieces and you go... Oh, that would fit me, and, that that. and then you make up a little bit in between, yeah. and you get something. Cool. And then that one is more easier to steal, isn't it? Yeah. So then that gets stolen, or it gets used. Maybe stolen isn't the right word. It gets used, and then you've got to be able to go. Like I said to you, it's like, well, other people are doing it now, so now it's time to leave it. And, you yeah. know, Louise gets pissed off. Oh, you should be doing that more. And I'm like, well, other people are you doing it. I've got, yeah. got other stuff. You've got to keep going. My on. show is bloody long anyway, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I don't need the horse head anymore. You know, so. And they're, 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 they're all forgetting about the Appellite now, till they listen to this. That's now right. they're all going to listen yeah, to this. Yeah, Appellite's great, mate. Appellite's yeah. the winner. Yeah, that's right. I remember Tim Bat. Did you know Tim Bat? He was an English no, guy I in the old days. And he juggled a frying pan. He was the first to do a frying pan, a flaming baguette, and an egg. Oh, nice. In the 80s. Yeah. And he juggled there, and it was eggs are nifty, eggs are neat, eggs are lots of fun to eat. And I prefer mine fried as the <laughs> egg went into yeah, the pan yeah. and the, the, the flaming baguette. He's like rusty balls with his uh, four. He juggled four things. Yeah, he? he did. Yeah, rusty balls was phenomenal. Yeah, he did the. He was a seven ball juggler. He was seven. Yeah, that's how he started. He was his a show. super juggler. Super juggler. He started his show with seven balls. Yeah. So he was like seven balls, everyone. Seven balls. No, he was like seven balls. Seven balls. Seven balls. <laughs> <laughs> Days before the mics. Right? Yeah, that's right. And so he started with seven, ended up with the four thing, which was a pan, the apple. Yeah, he ate an apple egg. with four. He, and he, he ate, ate the apple, apple with four that's and then right. the egg went in the pan and stuff yeah. like that yeah yeah that's right that was good apple sauce with an egg 
Yeah. yeah, that was great. So, what would, advice would you give to anyone who's maybe just listened to this, heard uh, our names or other people's names, and wants to get into it or get uh, better at a certain skill level? What would your advice be, Spin, to the young tykes out there? Wanting to be street performers. Who can't get a job. Do you think it's a good thing to do? I think it's a good thing to do. Yeah. I reckon it's to be as original as possible. You know, what you've got to do is like pick your tricks. You know, if you're going to be a trickster, and that's what we're talking about tonight. Yeah, we're about both tricksters, tricksters yeah. You know, pick your tricks and just practice those tricks. Don't go learning a million others. Because the thing is, it's like... Like, if you want to learn show. Mills Mess, just do, do Mills, Mills Mess till you got it. Yeah. And then you want to learn the snatch, you do it till you got yeah, it. Yeah, and you got it. You want to do the, the cuts and balls, just do yeah. that until you got yeah. it down. And then you've got to do it in front of the people. Yeah. Another That's thousand right. times. Another Once you've got the tricks, times. you don't think of you know, just yeah. It's tenacity, right? Yeah. So if you're learning all these other tricks that you're not going to use in your show, what's the use of it? Get yeah. your show down, then learn the other tricks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because then you've got a show that's going to earn you money. And yeah. what I say to them is the younger fellas, and I go, as a street performer, you can never lose. Now, I've been doing yeah. this 33 years now. Mm. and I'm doing other stuff now but I still love this. the great yeah. thing about the street anything can happen you're I, doing I, it I, here I, with me yeah we're both doing it we've both, been doing, it. We've both been doing it between Batterford. us we've been doing street performing for 60 years and we've made it to North <laughs> Battleford I made $3.50 today in the rain <laughs> I wanted to cash my coins into notes but they don't have a note small enough mm. so my career is going really good forward always go forward tomorrow I'm going to make three seventy-five. But the well, that's what I, another what, thing. But what I say show is, is a big show. No, and what I say is you can never lose. Yeah. When you're starting or when you're finishing. Yeah. You know, I don't know what I'm doing at the moment. Maybe I'm yeah. starting for tomorrow. I've finished for the yeah. last thirty-three years. But if you make nothing, you've learned what not to do. Yeah. If you make a dollar, you've been paid to learn what not to do. Yeah. And it costs you for a bed and breakfast or a backpackers anywhere in the world twenty bucks. Yeah. Say. And a bag of rice is 20 bucks, which lasts you five days. Yeah. So you cannot lose. You can't lose. And we've all got our stories of... I've got one story I'll tell you before we go, because we've got to go, right? Cause, yeah, yeah. Because the liquor store's still open and we yeah. finish this bottle. Yeah. Is um, I was in San Francisco. This is a interesting story. I was broke, winter, San Francisco. Fisherman's Wharf. Wasn't, it was with Sean and Dave, the juggling duo. Yeah. And there's other guys around. And I was tied up in my straight jacket. It was evening, and I'm just on the sidewalk doing a sidewalk show. And I was broke, and it was like I had to do the show. Struggle time, right? Yeah. I'm tied in my straight jacket, and I got a crowd of maybe 20 people around me. And this big black dude walks through, right, with some chains on, with a swagger, and I'm tied up <laughs> in a jacket. And I'm like, oh my god, how bad can things get in my life? I was squatting on a boat. No, I just been thrown off the boat that I was squatting on. Yeah. I didn't know I was being squatted. Yeah, my life was in a bit of. Yeah. And this guy walked up and he eyed me up, gave me the big eyeball, and he pulled out of his pocket this massive wad of cash, like oh a, the brick, god. the folded up brick. Yeah. He pulled off a fifty, mm. and stuck it in the arms of my straitjacket and just carried on walking. Oh. And I looked down, I got a guy doing the timekeeper on the straight jacket, yeah. and I said, take that, put it in my pocket. I think I made $17 from the crowd <laughs> and 50 from the dude, but I was broke, right? Yeah. So just never give up. Oh, yeah. Because the universal energy, when you are broke, will look after you. Yeah. God-like universal energy. I and mean, if you try and chase it and go, ah, today I'm Flash Harry, I'm going to make thousands, you're going to get slapped. That's and that's a, right. that's a life lesson, isn't no, it? That's, that, I tell but that's that one life. to everyone. You have to know that, don't you? Don't go out there going, I'm going to make this. Because you'll get slapped. No. Nah. That reminds me, I'll tell one last story as well. I was 
you know, working really hard because I needed money. Where, where was this? In Rundle Mall, actually. Right. So I'm like, I wasn't keen to go out there to do shows in Rundle Mall, but I knew I had to, right? So I was working during the week, right? Which right, isn't yeah, the yeah, best, yeah, yeah. okay? So I'm working during the week in Rundle Mall, which I'd done before in my career, and I knew it could be okay. I didn't have oh, any it was a career by now. So you've gone past the... Yeah, this, <laughs> is, this is full career it's now. career now. This right, is yeah. now, this is like, I know I can earn money on the yeah, street. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah, got to yeah. go earn some money. Go out into the And you had a wife kid. and kid then and I stuff. I had a wife and kid. I had to go earn money because I had to. Yeah, because you... And I knew I could earn money in there. I didn't know what I could earn, right, of yeah. course, but I knew, and I knew my lesson, don't think like, yeah, yeah, about just money. No expectations. No expectations. No expectations. So I went out there, doing my shows, and they were average shows. They were okay. Yeah. Nothing, not even great. You know, yeah. they were just like... Yeah. You were just grinding it. Right, I was grinding it. That's what, you know, everyone Yeah, you're banging it. them out six a day, banging them out. People man, grind yeah. it. We've all done We've it. all grinded, yeah. yeah. So, I'm walking in the next day after a grinding day, I'm like, here I am again. Okay, this is cool. I can get into it and you get into your pattern. I'm going to go get my coffee. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to sit on the pitch. I'm going to read my book. I'm going to go stand up. Especially because in Adelaide, it's usually just me there, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, as I'm walking towards the pitch, I'm walking past, and this woman with the pram comes up and goes, Oh, my child loved your show yesterday. Oops, as I hiccup. And I was like, Oh, really? And I looked down the kid, and it was like six, seven months old. And it's been happy for all day, and I want to give you some money. And I said, Oh, that's okay. I'm going to do another show. Come watch the show. And she said, No, no, I've got to go. I'm going to give you some money. And she pulled out two fifties, gave me two fifties. So I was like, that's amazing I was like yeah great and I went off did my average show you know three of them I think I used to do in the mall there three shows and came back really thrilled and told the wife about the 250s it was really exciting next day walking in woman with a pram the kid was probably about three my kid hasn't been happier you've been great got out a wallet pulled out two fifties. Different woman. Different woman, completely different. This day I'm like looking around going, where's the camera? You know, is this yeah, a bit yeah. weird? Kind of camera kind of thing, you know. Gave me the two fifties, walked off, went off, did my average shows, came back. The third day I come walking out into the mall, nothing. But wow. I was like, wow, because I really was like, is it going to happen again? Happen like that? Yeah, it was like I'd, two in a I'd row. I had a gig like that in um, Wasn't a few years ago in Melbourne. Was doing our show and it was um, Easter weekend, big weekend. It was me and another performer, Dusty, yeah. and we were trying to be there the earliest yeah. because you can get the show before the list or whatever yeah, you know, yeah. and blah blah blah. Anyway, I get there early on the Saturday, drive there early to the show before the list, yeah. before ten, you know, the ten o'clock one, you know, just to get a little bonus. This guy walked through my show. I'm just, I didn't even finish. I haven't pulled the tennis balls out of the cups. He slipped a 50 under one of my cups and carried on walking. Oh, nice. The next day, the same guy's there after the show. Same guy? Same guy, different wow. guy, which is a slightly different thing, but yeah, it's just yeah, the, same the same guy. Next day, he comes up to me. I finished the show, another early show, and the um, crowd had given me the money. He yeah. walks through, gives me 100, two fifties in my hand. Whoa. Two days later... I'm doing the show, sort of over this Easter weekend, right? <laughs> and the dude comes up and puts another 50 under one of my cart, waits till afterwards, gives me another 50 or a couple of hundred, whatever it was, or a couple of 50s, you know? Like, then he starts talking to us, and he was this businessman that had rented a room in the hotel, the Langham Hotel, yeah. so he can work to do his business, self-made yeah, guy, yeah, a bit, yeah. bit on a, what he did, you know, yeah, business yeah. guy. 
and um, doing his business and he saw me every morning and he just was like me and he yeah, just yeah. he'd go for 50 to him like 5 pence to yeah, me right? Yeah, that's right but it was like I, mean, I beat Dusty every morning yeah. right? and it was funny really funny it's like, I've got this Lucky Jim I called him yeah. his name was Jim if you listen in Lucky Jim cheers mate cheers Mr Spin and so ends the podcast of Nigel Martin and Nick, Nick Nicholas, Nicholas otherwise known as Mr Spin and, and Nick, Nick Nicholas. Nicholas cheerio bye bye Stories from the Pitch is produced by the Busker Hall of Fame and is made possible through the efforts of a dedicated team who share a passion for the recording, editing, and presenting of these interviews. If you'd like to support what we're doing, please do consider swinging by the Busker Hall of Fame website and throwing a little love into our online hat by clicking on the donate button. Or become a sustaining supporter of this project like Steve Healy recently did. Just click on the link to our Patreon page, which you can also find on the Busker Hall of Fame website. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help us grow this resource and generate more content. So seriously, if you've listened and enjoyed what this project continues to produce, take a moment to point your favorite browser to the Busker Hall of Fame website and help us cover our costs so we can continue to keep busking history alive. Music for this podcast came from 357 Lover. Links to both songs are available in the notes section of this episode on the Busker Hall of Fame website. You can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Simply go to your favorite app, type in Stories from the Pitch, and download away. If you're accessing this content via iTunes, we'd love it if you could take a moment to leave us a review and give us a five-star rating. It'll take just a minute or two, and it means the world to our production team. Got a story to tell? Something you think we could improve? A performer you'd like us to interview? Or perhaps you're interested in becoming a sponsor of an upcoming episode? If so, drop me a line at cbg at buskerhalloffame.com. Haven't gotten enough Busker Hoff content yet? Well, then check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Fame. Follow us on Twitter, SoundCloud, and YouTube, or sign up for our newsletter. Links to all of these can be found on the Busker Hall of Fame website on the right-hand side of the page. And to finish up, just a little advice that I think we all need to be reminded of from time to time. I say in my show, you know, everyone, my grandpa said to me, Hey, little spin. You can do all the skill in the world, but until you make them laugh on the street, they don't pay. Make them laugh or make them learn. That's right. On behalf of myself, story editor Magic Brian, Nick Nicholas who captured this interview, and the rest of the staff of the Busker Hall of Fame, we hope this finds you well. And as you perform for audiences around the world, please remember to use your superpowers for good. I'm David Aiken, the Checkerboard Guy. Thanks for listening. I do a fucking show.